Hey everyone, it's Noah Barnett, the VP of Marketing here at Feather. And as always, every Friday, I am joined in the studio by New Tay. Happy Friday, New. I know. Happy Friday. How are you? I'm doing okay. Even though I will say, I think December 1st hit and mm -hmm. everyone came out of their house. It's like the opposite of hibernation because <laughs> I went out to a shopping mall area on Friday and Saturday. Mm -hmm. And the traffic felt immense. Like people were impatient. People were going all over the place. Like it was just all of a sudden. Year. Yeah, December 1st, and everyone was like, let's go. We're getting out there. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> where did you come from? Yeah. So, yeah, we're in that season. And mm -hmm. so, this is a PSA be nice. Traffic is okay. Slow down. You'll be okay. Mm -hmm. uh, just shop online. Just shop online. Yeah, shop online. <laughs> that's my that's my go-to. But shopping online supposedly is not as dependable this year because of the Amazon delayed shipping. And, yeah, delayed shipping. Yeah, mm -hmm. you can't. It's not guaranteed anymore. So I think maybe yeah. that's why people are running to the stores. They don't want to yeah. miss out. Not yeah, sure. do it early. I always get concerned in December because I'm like, mm, I can't. That's when everyone does their last minute shopping, and I just can't rely on the couriers to get my stuff. <laughs> So I do remember. I think they would appreciate that you called them couriers. So, you know, because there's other names that people call them and uh, they're not as nice. But courier, <laughs> courier is like yeah. such a, I feel like it's like a very English I, thing. I appreciate them. And yeah. if you ask my husband, there's a lot of packages that come through our house on the daily. <laughs> so I have to be nice to them because they bring me my stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, I know we're going to talk about engaging the younger generation. Yeah. But I will say one of the indications is that all of my kids, so I have a, almost 8, 11, and 13. And they all know like, oh, we should just order this on Amazon. Or like, my son asked me today, hey, when are we ordering groceries next? And it's just like this assumption that like you couldn't go to the grocery store yourself yeah. and get anything or mm -hmm. like, hey, we could swing by a grocery store. It's like, when's the next order coming? Can't we just get that on Amazon? And I'm like, wow, like the this expectation is yeah. different. It's different. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, as always, every week we talk about what was in the good marketing brief that you put together every Wednesday mm -hmm. and drop it into people's inboxes. So if you don't know what the good marketing brief is and you just happened upon this conversation with New and Noah, you can look in the show notes and in the comments and you can see a link to subscribe to the good marketing brief, which is a curated set of resources that are basically the what you need to know every week if you're doing marketing at nonprofits. And we come together on Fridays to produce a compliment so that you know what was in there and we'll provide some commentary on it. Yeah, so new, cool. what was the topic for this week's good marketing brief? Yeah, as we are in the last month of the year, it's kind of like the race to December 31st, but it's also a key time for a lot of organizations to kind of rethink strategies and learn how to, um, or find ways to expand their strategies for the coming year. And I really wanted to focus this brief on the younger generations, which is really just Gen Z because as like me and you millennials, I don't know if we're so much young anymore. <laughs> we are not the youths. We are not, not the youths youth. anymore. I think we're just, we're the middle age bracket here. <laughs> Everyone um, older than us listening to this podcast is so mad that we just said that. <laughs> I just said that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, um, yeah, that was new. She is a, you know, just to support yeah, here. No, I'm just Xers, okay. Yeah. The Gen Xers are there with us. 
Yeah, that's true. Gen X and yeah. uh, millennials, I think, are starting to become friends because we all yeah. don't know anything about Gen Z. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we know a little bit of things from what like the interwebs tell us. But anyways, I want to focus that on um, on the brief talking about engaging the next generation of philanthropists. Absolutely. And I think it's a perfect timing because as you mentioned, like we're in the midst of end of year, campaigns are running. But now as leaders, we have to be planning for next year. And a mm -hmm. big part of planning for next year, as we've heard from nonprofits, is how do we engage a new generation of supporters as volunteers, as donors to our organizations, mm -hmm. as advocates. And so you dug in and really explored all of those topics so that when you mm -hmm. are making your year end plan or your next year plans, your 2024 plans, you can incorporate these strategies into that. So what yeah. do we know about Gen Z today as it relates to giving generosity participation yeah. with nonprofits? Yeah, Gen Z, I feel like there's two sides of the coin here where there's organizations that are kind of expanding their, their scope and trying to create segments for the younger generations to kind of attract them and connect better with them. But then I know there are organizations that feel like Gen Z doesn't have a lot of, to offer financially. Um, and so they're still kind of focused on millennials and boomers and Gen X. Um, but I think that it's just worth, you know, as people get older, Gen Z will be the next generation of givers, supporters, philanthropists. And so learning ways to connect with them is going to be key here because they are not predictable. <laughs> There's no one segment or one bucket that they fit in. They, all, they are very diverse um, and they often have a distrust of brands and organizations alike. And so finding yeah. ways to build that trust again to earn their support is going to be a big challenge. Absolutely. And I think this is something that I recently sat down with um, the CMO at UNICEF USA, mm -hmm. not to talk specifically about engaging Gen Z, but just engaging the current population as a older storied brand. And so UNICEF, if I say that you've at least heard about it or referenced it in some way, Shelly uh, mentioned that many people just know it because of the Halloween kind of campaign that they've run for years mm -hmm. and years and years. Or it's just UNICEF does stuff overseas. You don't even really think about the impact that they have here in the US and around the world. Or it's like, oh, that's my grandfather's you know, charity or my grandmother's mm -hmm. charity. And so they were talking about how they are focusing on revitalizing their brand and their brand story to better connect with audiences. And so it's an incredible listen. And you include the link in the brief. Mm -hmm. But I think one of the important things that Shelly mentioned was really understanding what your true story is and bringing that to life. And so they mentioned that UNICEF isn't just we help children or you trick or treat for us and then mm -hmm. we do all the work over here. But rather, they're like in the trenches. They're doing the incredible work. Like it's just as exciting as your latest docu-series on Netflix or miniseries, yeah. but it's real life making real world changes. Mm -hmm. And so they took that lens on what the impact they were having and said, how would we tell this story in its truest form? Because good marketing is always true. It's always specific but then bringing that back to life in a way that resonates with the 2024 audience who is yeah. consuming micro content, who is consuming docu-series, 
from Gilded Age to, you know, Game of Thrones and everything else in between. Like, what is a true story that people can connect with that's actually real and making a huge impact? And mm-hmm. she was talking about how they've focused on finding that and bringing that to life. Yeah. The second thing she mentioned, which I think many nonprofits can resonate with as they go into 2024, is we often focus on what we don't have in comparison to other charities. Like, oh, we don't have such a broad appeal or we don't have the urgency that that, you know, humanitarian aid organization has or, mm-hmm. oh, that organization grew this year because of a b and c policy change or news story or we don't have these things that these other nonprofits have versus what shelly encourages that you should focus on what you do have and who does support you mm-hmm. and lean very deeply into that first yeah. and foremost as you plan for next year talk to the donors that have been giving to you for a long time talk to your members that are loyal understand who is deeply connected with your cause and why do they care about your organization? And then double down on that and ignore everything else. Because mm-hmm. as we continue to compete for the attention of our audiences, that's only going to increase next year. Mm-hmm. What matters is focusing on relevancy within the audiences that you do connect with and not the mm-hmm. ones you don't have or don't connect with. It's about who yeah. you do and really like owning that story. And I think in some ways, which I think is a trend that we might even see in Gen Z is like, tell your own story, decide what your story is, like choose who you want to be and like be that. And that's the truest form of your brand and your organization. And so Shelly's experience helping lead UNICEF USA through that transformation is definitely inspiring and highly encourage uh, people to check it out. Yeah. Likewise. I, um, what I really loved about that is that when UNICEF did the survey between just like general donors who I kind of like identified UNICEF as like a good friend and like they're doing good work without getting too specific. But when they asked the loyalists or the super supporters, they're like, UNICEF is cutting edge. They're innovative. They're changing the world and just having them lean on the ladder. I think is so important and creating that narrative is going to be game changing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know that there were other examples that you included because we didn't want to only look to overall trends, but we also wanted to look at who is engaging Gen Z well right now, because mm-hmm. there are big brands that are engaging Gen Z. And you include a link to basically, I think it was like a survey or a list that said, mm-hmm. hey, who's actually captivating the attention of Gen Z? Mm-hmm. Um, what were some of the brands on that list and why do you think it's working and what could we yeah. learn from it? Um, so DCDX, basically they connect brands with younger consumers. So they do this annual report where they list the top 25 brands that connected most with Gen Z. And I'll talk about the top two, the the top, (laughs) the top one, which is like pretty unassuming is McDonald's, right? McDonald's is such a old legacy brand. But what they did this summer to really captivate Gen Z was they 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 resur- they resurrected a friendly face and they celebrated Grimace's birthday. Um, and so they released a milkshake, a purple milkshake, um, in correlation with this campaign. And Gen Z just went wild with it, and they created a bunch of content on TikTok, kind of showing them drink, like trying out the new drink, but then like something scary happens afterwards like suddenly there's just like a pile like a a blob of purple on the ground and so 
McDonald's really found a way to make it fun, the campaign fun, and really involve their Gen Z supporters, consumers into the campaign. And that's why it was so successful. Um, and the other few that, no surprise, is Netflix. There was Amazon and Target was also on, on top of there. And you know, the reasons are pretty simple and they're pretty obvious is they really leaned into creating personalized consumer experiences for um, for their brand and really own the fact that they're curating specific product recommendations, making it easier than ever to, to shop online. Absolutely. And one thing about the the some of these engagement campaigns that are highlighted here is they allow the audience to make it into what it what they want it to be. Mm -hmm. And then they double down on promoting that version of the story. Mm -hmm. And so it's like the brand puts out this campaign and campaign has, you know, a like a story. Then the community infuses themselves into that story. Yeah. And then the brand comes back and now re-promotes that as the story. Mm -hmm. And yep, I think that's exactly. what's really interesting is it's like the campaign collides with the community. And then that becomes the campaign. And I think yep. there's an opportunity for nonprofits to think through that of like, okay, well, we have this campaign to feed the, or feed the hungry or to uh, house uh, those uh, impacted by um, homelessness or we are trying to save the environment. And that's our campaign. But until it collides with the community or in this case, Gen Z and allowing that to happen mm -hmm. and then activating that momentum instead of trying to control the campaign yeah. is really where you see some of these things being successful. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think, you know, donor surveys, program surveys are such a big thing. And instead of sending just... <laughs> A general survey out and collecting responses, you're just empowering your supporters to to explain their side of the story and how how your mission makes them feel and why it's so important. And then you can repurpose in using user generated content. And so um, it's the best kind of um, promotion slash getting people to engage with your mission is hearing it from people who are like them. Absolutely. I think especially amongst Gen Z, I think millennials have mm -hmm. a similar kind of social a aspect to them. But I also think people do, right? Like Seth Godin mm -hmm. has a quote, it's like, people like me do things like this. Mm -hmm. But for me to know that, I have to see it. And so you as an organization mm -hmm. thinking in 2024, how do we give life to our community so that others can connect with our community and then mobilize that towards our cause, I think is going to be really, really important. Yeah, for sure. There are, other, there are also some like other practical things with Gen Z. So it's all about story and being social, uh, mm -hmm. giving them the opportunity to customize and be a part of it. But then there's a bunch of other things that kind of um, uh, that came out and just like how they want to engage and how they want to connect. They're obviously a mobile only like society, <laughs> basically. Um, so what are the things nonprofits need to take into consideration uh, as it relates to that? Yeah, so I mean, there was a few topics. Um, we are for good had Vance from Overflow on their podcast, and he's just very energetic, and he was fun to listen to. But Gen Z isn't going to send in a check or do a a bank transfer to your organization, and so you really have to find ways to make giving a little bit easier 
and finding alternative ways to give. And, you know, that is through digital wallets, Apple Pay, Google Pay, Venmo, PayPal, but also thinking about non-cash assets like crypto and stock, which is, you know, Gen Z isn't going to give you a stock donation likely because they probably don't have stock. But what I found out on this podcast is that 90% of Gen Z owns Bitcoin. And so even though crypto and Bitcoin aren't as valuable as it once was back in 2022, it's still much more valuable than it was when it was a dollar like 10 years ago, right? I think the latest time, the last time I checked, it was hovering around 25,000, which is still a significant, we considered a major gift if someone was to donate that. And so putting on that lens of just obviously not adding every single payment method onto your onto your website, but thinking about who your segments are and finding payment methods that kind of align with, with their preferences. Yeah. And I think the lesson there too is just allowing flexibility in how people participate, whether it's mm -hmm. financially or with their voice or with mm -hmm. their time or with their mm -hmm. social proof and acumen as well. So there's a lot of different ways that I think organizations can just think about like, it's not just a fundraising goal, but it's like almost a mobilization goal and fundraising mm -hmm. is a part of that. But if we're really going to activate future generations like Gen Z, but even tap into, you know, the generation that's about to inherit, which maybe is a future topic, mm -hmm. uh, the majority of the like mass wealth over the next you know decade plus, we're going to have to think differently about how we measure success. And I think as we plan for 2024, and I'm incorporating this into a training I'm giving tomorrow about planning, is we have to think broader than fundraising goals or program goals. Like we really have to think about community goals mm -hmm. and how that then engage that engagement with the community with our cause produces the other outcomes we have. And that's a big shift for a lot of organizations. And so yeah. we're going to walk through that in the training. But I think that's my only advice for 2024 is think a little bit differently on how we measure success, because that's going to enable us to do more things that are going to generate success. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Well, New, it's always a pleasure to come together. And uh, we were talking before we were recording on how, like, I knew nothing about Gen Z. Now I know a lot more about Gen Z. <laughs> and I have two of them in my house, and I didn't realize that. I, I did, we, we had to look up what Gen you Z was. You do on-the-ground research, Noah. I don't know if this research would bear much fruit, but they are <laughs> lovely and awesome uh, kids. Luke and Eli, shout out to you mm -hmm. if you're listening to this. Probably not, right? Do they even listen to podcasts? I don't know. We'll have to see. Yes, they do. Oh, they do. Gen okay, Z good. actually does okay, listen good. to podcasts. Their, lis their listening ship went up 48% over 2022. So podcasts go. are a good channel. All sorts of facts in this week's Good Marketing Brief. If Again, if you want to check out the full brief and get those articles, you can check out the links below. If you want the Good Marketing Brief in your inbox every Wednesday, you can also subscribe using the link below. New, thank you so much for partnering with us on this and curating these resources each week. Absolutely. And until next Friday, I guess we'll see what happens. Thanks again. <laughs> Bye, everyone. See ya.